I'm Lindsay Curtis, and this is Her Return, a podcast devoted to women making the journey of returning home to their divinely human, feminine essence. Each episode is an opening up of a real-life topic with experiential techniques and tools to support you on your journey home. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to talk about the mother wound, which as far as I'm concerned is the greatest wound that we all collectively share upon this dear earth of ours. I'm going to talk about the mother wound in ways that it shapes our experience of life and what it can look like for different people in different circumstances, and also what it looks like in my life. If you've never heard the term before, mother wound, I'm sure you get an idea just by hearing it named. Maybe something already comes up for you as far as what it could mean for you. So we're on the same page. The mother wound is about your relationship with your birth mother. Also with your acting mother figures in your life. And also your connection to the divine mother, the purest, pure source energy of mother. And all of this is in relation to how you mother yourself and how you embody mother energy. It's also about how you related, um, how your mother, rather, related with her mother and mothering herself and the divine mother of all creation and how her mother and her mother and so on and so forth all the way back. So you can hear, see, and feel the intergenerational nature of the mother wound. We all come from a woman, a mother, a biological mother. And actually, we all come from a grandmother. Our mother's eggs from which we come were created in her mother, our grandmother, The wounds therein necessarily affect us until they are resolved. And that's the beauty of it, that once we courageously devote our awareness to what is, what life is showing us, we have the opportunity to begin to resolve these things. So all of this collectively is going to guide and shape how we choose to mother in the world how we choose to mother and nurture and birth our projects, our desires, our partnerships, our children, our families, and our lives. So the mother wound has a deep and pervasive reach into all areas of our experience. And again, it can always be resolved, integrated, and updated. We do this consciously or subconsciously through life. The more conscious it becomes, the more can actually be done (laughs) in this one life of ours. So I'll open up a bit about my mother wounding and the experience of that uh, for me. And I hope that it allows and invites you to get more reflective upon yourself, as people often tell me it is so. My experience of the mother wound most profoundly is that I grew up missing my mom. My parents divorced before I was one, and when I was only 18 months uh, old, it was the first time I was separated from my mom for a month while she was in a drug rehabilitation center. 
And then a few months later, my father took full custody of me, and I never lived with her again. We could visit, but then not even have sleepovers. And after about my fourth birthday, I was not allowed to see her. And then when I was about five and a half, she died. These details and movements, separation, reunion, separation, prohibition, and then death, are much how I related to the mother for much of my life within and around me. That was my birth mother's imprint. And then I had the woman my father started dating when I was about three, who he then married and had a baby with, also the same year I turned five. Five was a tough year, (laughs) very dynamic, a lot of change for my little nervous system. So I grew up in a house where I was acutely aware that I didn't know or have my mom. And I witnessed a woman who really mothered her daughter, who is not me. And I was treated differently, mothered differently. I came to internalize that mother was important, that was blatantly obvious, and that I didn't have one, so I wasn't important. I felt deeply emotionally neglected, and physically as well, in covert ways. I felt resources weren't shared equally among us as children, and the most valuable resource being love, well, resources being love, uh, time spent, and touch. And uh, being a person whose love languages are quality time and touch, it was very complex for me. I also associate all this to the fact that I didn't have a mother, so I decided very clearly, very young, that I wouldn't ever become a mother. And it was complex deciding that because I've also always known and had and felt the desire of having children and becoming a mom, especially as a very little girl and uh, taking care of my little sister. I remember the sensation in my body of knowing my desire. And then consciously talking myself out of it. So reminding that I couldn't have a child because I didn't ever want to hurt them the way I hurt. And so here was a great separation between my mind and body and my relationship with desire, all in relationship to my mother wounding. I also decided that because I didn't have a mother, I better have to figure out everything myself. Toxic self-sufficiency was born, (laughs) as my friend Kate so rightingly names this pattern in episode number 42 of the podcast. I became so self-sufficient in the realms of emotionality and my thoughts that I stayed in my dream world as much as possible, which given what I do today isn't necessarily a bad thing. As a, yeah, I was very, very dreamy, but disembodied. As a small child, I also had my maternal grandmother, Mimi, as I called her who carried the mother energy for me. And now my maternal grandmother, Mimi, as I called her, uh, she's actually my mom's adopted mom. So there's a layer there. I really, really, really let her love in. I remember cuddling her and asking her to rub my back to sleep each night that I was there, which was often. And then when I was eight, which was really tough, she died. And I remember writing in my journal, like, it was a kind of double whammy, I wrote. (laughs) Uh, Like, I already lost my mom, and now I lost her, and she was everything as far as what I thought I could really have, and, and who I thought I could have to receive mothering from. I also had my 
paternal grandma, Nana, I call her, and she was very, very loving. Um, and there is a layer of detachment in her loving. Uh, how do I explain? I felt she was always very, like, the most warm and loving with me, but not other people around. And this always hurt me. You know, uh, because I actually lived that experience in my own home. That's what I felt in my own home. So seeing this, like, pattern repeating, uh, I felt insecure about. And, like, perhaps one day she could just stop loving me. So as a young kid, these were my... Um, imprints and relationships to mothering energy and I really really only related it the fact that I could receive mothering from someone that was blood related but mothering doesn't need to be that and it actually isn't as an adult I look back and I see all these pockets and places and people of where I was mothered and all of these beautiful women who are holding Divine Mother energy for me in the ways that I needed. And I would say I received it to the best of my ability as a kid. Um, but as an adult, I've received it much more through my dream work and through really recognizing it's there. And it continues to happen. I had this moment over the summer with a dear, dear friend of mine, we've been friends for 30 years, and um, recognizing how much she held this loving mother energy, but her mom also, and I, how I received it through her. And, and I had like just the deepest heart opening and softening. So this is the beauty of the work. We can always open and receive more of what is, even if that was in the past. <laughs> But growing up, uh, objectively, <laughs> subjectively, I really felt this void of not having a mother. And I said, that's okay. This is how it is in my mind. <laughs> and when I became a young adult, I tried my best to do all the things, all the things, all the time. And I was living life very quickly until my brother died when I was 21. And he was a wake-up call. And then I probably talked about this before on the podcast, but um, my brother died of a drug overdose. And we have different moms, by the way, um, but he died also of a drug overdose, as my mom died of a drug overdose. And he had struggled for drugs, uh, with drugs, for years before. And there was a lot of pain there, and a lot of darkness there. And at the time that he died, I was using drugs recreationally. Uh, I would never have associated myself as a drug addict, but I was certainly addicted to distracting myself from the pain I had inside. So I was using drugs recreationally, but my work and school that I was both doing full-time was also like a drug. So whether it be alcohol, drugs, substances, prescriptions, uh, habits, whatever it is, like it's actually irrelevant. It's distraction from the pain that is addiction. It's distraction, distracting from the pain that we actually need to go through in order to reclaim our power. I don't at all whatsoever consider addiction to be a drug addiction to be any different than alcohol addiction to be any different than compulsive television or, or workaholism. It's all kind of in sync for me and being 
in being that it's really engaged in by people that have a lot of power, potential to create, and they also have a lot of pain. And the pain is intense. And it might be too confronting to look at that pain and begin the slow and long process of transformation. So instead of doing that, the process of transformation, and if they're unable to do that, if they don't have the resources internally to be able to make that choice, then we distract. And so here I was at 21, distracting, distracting, distracting. And my brother passed away and woke me up. And so I realized that I needed some therapy. <laughs> so I got a referral from a coworker and I began. And I was living in Santa Monica, California at the time. And this therapist used to offer that we go on hikes for our session. And she's a female. So here I have an experience of starting to receive some really potent mothering in a professional container. Uh, and she'd always, yeah, she'd always invite me to go for hikes. And at the time, I was so disconnected from connecting with nature in a conscious way. I used to literally go down to the ocean side almost daily, if not every other day, and smoke a joint while listening to the waves, but not actually listening to myself and listening to the voice of her moving through me. I was so disconnected from the earth that I always refused her offer to go for hikes and be in nature. And I really wanted her to be professional <laughs> and that we meet in her office. And I remember the sensation like every time she offered and I really think inside like she needs to be professional. Like I was so rejecting of the mothering that she was inviting me to connecting to mother earth. And, and I can really look back and see all the love and mothering that she was holding for me. But at the time I was so close to it and uh, I was able to receive what I could. Right. So I remember in one of our sessions, I told her some life experience. I have no idea what it is at this point, um, but I told her it and she started crying. And I had never cried about that experience at that time. And I remember being so shocked that she cried. And she wasn't sobbing, but it was clear tears falling from her eyes and I remember it being so shocking that she would shed a tear for me and I couldn't even shed a tear. And I was so uncomfortable with this space between us that I terminated our sessions shortly after. I decided that I must be um, more intellectually smart than her <laughs> if she's going to sit there and cry about my experiences. Um, but what it really was, was I was just so disconnected from my heart and my own vulnerability. I couldn't handle someone mirroring that to me. She was so beautiful and open-hearted in my eyes now, but then it was too hard for me to hold. So I left, but it did open me up. I was seeing her for probably almost a year and we did some, some good work together and it, when I terminated our sessions, it really like sent me deeper into a path of exploration and I was doing yoga and, and meditation, but I was still really interacting with the world on the level of my mind because mothering myself, really holding that emotional space for myself was too much. 
And so I was still really curious and uh, from time to time this like mother issue would come up <laughs> and that's how I named it an issue. It's a, it's an issue. I have an issue with my mom. <laughs> Anyone say that before? So I had some extreme issues, uh, but really what I had was excruciating pain, grief, and anger. I felt like I expressed the anger quite a bit when I was a teenager, uh, but I expressed it more against myself than outside but I had this deep sadness the deep grief and a really intense embodied fear and so I had the experience when I was about 26 uh 25 I did vipassana for 10 days and you don't know Vipassana, some traditions of it. There are different types, but I did um, a 10-day silent meditation retreat where every day we meditated for like 8 to 10 hours a day, 12 hours, I don't know. It was just pure meditation all the time. And um, on day like 6, I had an extreme spiritual awakening where I connected with my guides, reconnected with my guides for the first time consciously since I was a kid. And it like blew my whole system open. And then it took me quite a bit of time to integrate from that. And so during that integration period after that, I would cry all the time because I was starting to feel so much love. And this love was painful to me because it was washing through all the parts of me that never received love. And that's what healing of the mother wound can often do in life and And why life always invites us to open, 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 open. Why sexuality requires us to like open, 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 open is because love washes through it all. But that love can feel painful if there are parts of us that are that hungry, that thirsty, that parched. And so I cried a lot at that time. And beautiful woman, my dear sister, friend, Jan, introduced me to heart meditations and uh, Drunvalo's work of the illuminated heart and these different traditions of getting into my heart and in my emotional body started coming to me and it was so tender and raw and messy and beautiful and I started becoming aware of all of the concepts and ways that I was holding myself of uh, One, neglecting myself, having so much of my energy outside of myself and my attention on on, um, the world and and not on me. And also, like, just that I wasn't worth anything. These were, like, really big um, themes for for a number of years. Self-worth and feeling worthy and important. And, like, I deserved my own energy, actually. So time went on and I continued journeying with it and then I fell in love and uh, rised in love and then um, I moved to Europe and I met Catherine Shaneberg, my teacher in this beautiful lineage of dreaming and then all of these other mother things started coming up and through me and I had a total meltdown, a breakdown of like, oh my god. I have to heal my heart. (laughs) My relationship to mother is messed up. 
And I realized as well that I wanted to mother. And I, I like started giving myself that space because desire was moving through me so much more this time. And like my relationship with desire was expanding and it started becoming so blatantly obvious that I couldn't ignore this desire to become a mother. So this desire started leading forward to me healing my own mothering. And it's interesting because this is often and not so infrequent um, that I get to see this with clients as we begin to work together and they're like, I don't ever want kids. Like it's not my thing. And then as their energy starts to move and, and their life starts to move, the energy just shows itself and that expression tends to shift. And after doing the work for a while organically, their own dream field uh, shows desire. And so whether it be an awaking dream or a night dream or a sensation that pops up somewhere, that desire shows and it's like, oh, I really do want kids. (laughs) And of course, some women don't want kids at all. And that's so perfect and beautiful and we need lots of aunties on this planet (laughs) we need so many more aunties than mothers (laughs) takes the village really really but I, I always find it interesting because I carried that energetic imprint so as I've transformed I tend to attract uh, a number of it because I can really support the transformation of that as well just by holding space for it so side note but um the rejection of mothering is a, often a sign that there is deep mother wounding. And so it's a totally beautiful desire if a woman just feels in her, no, mothering is not for her. And I have seen that and witnessed that in women, and it feels so whole and simple and just, yeah, true. And then there's the, no, I do not want to become a mother. And that's a whole nother position. Even to say it, like my body shifts and my spine, like my back curls a bit and I'm like in rejection mode. And anything that like we're actively rejecting in life, it shows that "Mm, there's something to look at in there. (laughs) So um, yeah, things that really started shifting for me uh, in relationship to the mother wound is when I really started going more into my dreaming work, obviously, and embodiment work and really inviting in the divine feminine to move through me because she's in me. And so letting her take up more and more space and taking up the responsibility for being my own mother and really learning how to tend to myself with gentleness and softening Feminine embodiment really supports that. Uh, Like all of my embodiment movement classes and throughout all of my courses, it's in support of this. How can we hold ourselves with gentleness and softness? And it also really allows us to open up to the Divine Mother. So this is something that I often see with mother wounding is because we have mother wounding and it's painful, we actually limit how much we can open up to the divine mother creative energy. And so it's kind of like we just cut off that whole direction and any any colors of that direction of support. But the more that we can open up to the divine mother coming in, the more that we can soften all that's there. 
And so allowing source love to come through your female form. So that's a bit of my journey uh, playing with the mother wound before becoming a mother. Uh, but nothing has awakened the mother wound within me like becoming a mother. <laughs> uh, I've experienced like acute uh, levels of pain and uh, unmet needs and emotions within me as I've been mothering my son in ways that I didn't actually receive. And it's taken and invited extreme awareness and care for me to stop and pause and take care of my heart on the daily uh, when these moments happen. And I've been doing that for just two years now. <laughs> but um, it's, it's really, really potent work. And it's something that we're invited into in becoming mothers and in being mothers is this continuing not just how can I give it out but how can I pause and give it in how can I give what I give and then also receive it too and so because I've given this to myself and I'm continually expanding myself and my nervous system my containment and I've grown the capacity to hold myself I've also been able to receive a lot of new information about my own childhood that I didn't have the space to receive before. Quite honestly, if I received some of the stories my father shared with me not so long ago, if I had received those stories before, it would have blown me out. It would have like made me collapse and I, I really would have been so heartbroken and not known how to hold my heart through that. Maybe that was a little cryptic, but about six months ago, my dad came to visit and he revealed some some experiences from my early childhood and some stories and things that I didn't know consciously. And mm, I wouldn't even say that I like had no like I could have named them subconsciously. I didn't see any dream marks about them, but it came at a time. This information came at a time that I was really feeling. Uh, a lot of emotion anyway so it was the conscious revelation and it needed to come from my father and so it was really special and potent and it's taken a lot of space to allow the integration of and so if you're subscribed to my newsletter and we're connected on social media in some way you might have seen like some recent emails and posts about pain and and the real like deep and primal pain that I've been accessing in my body and so this is also like what and how we can resolve mother wounding is like when we experience pain emotional physical mental spiritual relational whatever it is when we're experiencing that how do we hold ourselves through it and this is where our up leveling of our own mother embodiment can come in because how we are able to meet and hold ourselves is how we can anchor that new energy down. So for example, for my own self, I've been doing my own work, but um, there are times always within our journey that we need extra holding. We need the expanded support system of another's settled nervous system to just hold us through, witness us, whatever that is. And so I receive support from mentors and I have really just personally needed uh, deeper embodiment work. And so I've, I've worked with uh, my dear friend, uh, Tessa, who does a really amazing work. Got to invite her on the podcast soon. And also 
been getting some water therapy and having some very profound medicine journeys in these kind of containers as well. And so I'm allowing myself to receive support, and this is kind of key, from older women. So as I've been going through like this deep grief of deeply missing my mom and, and really me being a motherless mom, I've needed to be mothered. And so letting myself receive some deep therapeutic support from older women is so potent. And not uh, just therapeutic support in the dream field, but very much in the physical, touching my body. Because I didn't get that as a kid. So that's that's how I'm showing up to mother myself in these new ways. And it's really uh, a big aspect of opportunity for when something's going on with you, how can you mother yourself? And this is how we really heal the mothering wound. And so we mother ourselves and we open up for more divine mother energy. Okay, so let's get some other examples. Other examples of mother wounding besides things that I've shared today is like an example of a woman who, I mean a child who grows up with a mother who goes in and out of depression. This is going to feel like maybe a trauma, a relational trauma, right? And what would my experience be then if my mother has depression? Well, I might, one, feel like my needs aren't being met emotionally, physically, spiritually, who knows. Um, But also, like, what kind of behaviors am I then going to engage in if that's the case? Well, if I feel like there's no space for me, I uh, might become very pleasing. I might shut down my energy and shrink up as not to take up too much space because, you know, mom needs all the space. And so it's like this reversal of roles. I'm no longer allowed to just be in my child, like messy, emotional, testing boundaries, exploring spaces self. And I'm, I'm subduing myself to become an adult too soon. Um, an obvious example could be like being physically abused, but in less obvious one is, you know, not that the mother's been abusive, but the father's been abusive or another caregiver has been abusive and the mother didn't do anything. The mother didn't advocate. The mother didn't protect us. And this could be a, a big thing, especially for how we're going to relate to trusting, you know, other people and other women and ourselves to protect ourselves and to take care of ourselves in our lives. And I'm, I'm going to need to come into a space of really cultivating a deep sense of safety within me so that I can open and I can be in my full authentic self. How about hmm, the woman who, yeah, the woman who is adopted. And though she's had a really awesome childhood and growing up with her mother and father that love her dearly, she doesn't know her biological mother and has a deep, deep subconscious, maybe conscious understanding of the wounding that's there. And we're all going to experience this differently, but I can tell you um, some of us are going to experience it in a way that's like the most intense and primal uh, imprints of fear that are in our system that need to be cleared and integrated. And some, it's going to be like a wavy, like 
experience and and this like disconnection from where is my place in the world and um this isn't to say that any of this is bad okay it's not bad it's it's beautiful that adoption exists i think it's the most wonderful loving um passing of experience in a way i exist because adoption exists i don't know what would have happened to my mother if she wasn't adopted and um and this is where the paradox and being comfortable with the paradox of being human comes in it doesn't negate the emotional experience the instinctual primal experience that occurs from that and this is again where it comes that all of this has the potential and full ability to be resolved and that's the beauty 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 of the work and where we are today <laughs> so so the mother mother wound can show up in many 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 different ways and it can look like you know it can even be more subtle like having a mother that never encouraged us or showed us um, interest in what we like and then the, the wounding becomes how we internalize that and the position that we take within ourselves and what we make it mean about ourselves because of that experience. And so it can be the lack of actual mother connection that bruises the heart. And then what we do with that bruising, because as children, we're so beautiful and innocent and intelligent that it can't be about the adult it has to be about us our ego is too fragile to think that the person that takes care of us and protects us is faulty and a human basically not even faulty but like they're a human having a human experience our child ego cannot handle that okay which is why it is our job as adults beautiful strong powerful women to reparent ourselves and to come into that space of of ownership and and loving our experience and how we integrated our experience of life and being able to see our parents as adult human beings with all of their beauty and mystery and messiness too hmm. so yeah it's really overcoming like overcoming the the childhood thinking of I'm not important, oh, I must have done something wrong, oh, my voice doesn't matter, oh, I have to be a good girl to be loved, oh, I should do everything to please everyone, oh, I don't have any needs, <laughs> oh, I, I need to be this way to have attention, oh, I should dim my light and not shine because my mom doesn't feel good today. All of these things that we've been holding that have become chronic habits, letting that go through mothering ourselves and opening up to the Divine Mother allows us to resolve the mother wounding. And it's not until we're really tired of it, we're tired of the stories, we're tired of the positions that we are in in our current lives, when we're really tired of it, then we actually decide to evolve beyond it. <laughs> ah. And that's the beauty, that's the real beauty of life, is that it's just a decision away to make it into a more sunny experience. To support you in your own journey of resolving the mother wound, I invite you to listen to um, podcast episode number 39, all about self-parenting. In that episode, there is an imagery exercise 
where you can experience mothering yourself. Beyond that, I invite you to pay attention to how you relate to mother, the pure energy of mother, and how that is influencing your current creativity and your life's experience. I'd be happy to hear about it from you in a comment where this is, where you're listening, or send me an email. I send you so much love and divine mother goodness. Until next time, I'm Lindsay Curtis, and thank you for listening to Her Return the Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's exploration, please take a moment and write a review for the podcast wherever you are listening. Written reviews really support getting more listeners to this content, as well as booking more powerfully inspiring guests. And if you're ready to dive into your own creativity and embodying more of your soul's goodness and living your desires, then head over onto my website at www.herreturn.com and sign up for my email list to be informed of upcoming opportunities. May you return home to yourself today.